Welcome to Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Sports fans, golf fans, or just fans, what a holiday treat we have here. It is Get a Grip with uh, that's uh, Max Homa and, uh, and Shane Bacon. Max is back for a little, uh, you know what, we wanted to put this together. Traveling around the holidays, not a lot of fun. Being in airports right now, not a lot of fun. I would argue that being alive right now, not always a lot of fun. So we figured we'd bring a little holiday treat. Max, how are you? I'm good. I'm glad I'm not traveling on the holidays or shopping on the holidays. That just sounds freaking terrible. Um, but it is cool. Uh, it's it's nice to be uh, back. I haven't been on a podcast in a while, which is rare for me. Um, so it's fun to be back back on the mic, like uh, uh, like Jay Z says, like all the cool people say. Um, but yeah, it is a it, it is a, a treat to be back and uh, do a little holiday. Uh, I don't even know if you want to call it a bonanza, but some kind of uh, some kind of holiday gift. I'm like the Jewish Santa Claus coming back around in late December. <laughs> I, I listen. I have to start with this. Um, this is uh, how my weird mind works. But you just played in a golf tournament uh, in December. I'm not going to say the name because that gives away one of the answers. So you just played in a golf tournament, right? You know which one I'm talking about. So I went through your 2021, and you've played in a number of different type of events. So when I say that, typically it's the word that would follow the sponsor, okay? How many events, different named event, golf events in 2021 did you play in? Do you understand the question? Do yes, I do. Here? Yeah, because right. this I, one I was – list here. Okay, because this one was a shootout, which would be okay, the only one. one that was a shootout. I played in four invitationals, three invitationals, three invitationals. Wow. I'm very impressed. Genesis, Arnold Palmer, FedEx, St. Jude. Way to go. That's very well done. That's two. Yep. And then, oh man, there's a lot of opens. I imagine one of them being the U S and the, um, God, that's gotta be like 12. No, no, no. Not even no. close. Five, five, just five. Just Only five, five are the opens. Farmers Insurance, Waste Management, U.S., British, nobody yell at us, and uh, Houston are your five opens. In 2021, you're doing pretty well, but you've still got a few left on the list here. You've got one, there any, uh, two, three, four left that you played in. Are there any, like, uh, oh, there's a few championships. Um, That's the biggest one. That's the biggest yeah. one. You, won, you actually won, uh, you won one of them, so... Um, you won a, you won is, the, oh, it is a f- championship. You're right. Yeah. So you played in eight championships, Workday, Players, Valspar, Wells Fargo, PGA, Travelers, BMW, and uh, Fortinet. Are there any uh, classics anymore? I feel like there used to be a lot of classics. Mm-hmm. You're on to it. You're on to it. You played in exactly one, one classic. classic. RSM cl- classic. Ah, yes. RSM ah, classic. So classic. You're, missing, uh, you're missing two left on your list of 2021 oh, golf hey, tournament names. Nice. You played in one each, one each. Uh, uh, hold on, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. Hold on, let me run through the whole schedule. I'm so hard I'll, body I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you out here. Um, Give me a letter. <laughs> a, a competing podcast likes to call this the blank plaque, not the blank what it is, because of what the trophy looks like. Oh no, that doesn't help at all. Uh, it's, is that, uh, it's, is that it's in Andy? Vegas. It's floated around. It's typically international, but we've had it in Vegas the last couple of years. Oh, a COVID. cup. Nice. CJ, CJ cup. Is okay. Correct. That makes sense. CJ, CJ cup. cup. 
And your last one, I would say one of the longest running golf tournaments on the Professional Golfers Association Tour. Um, it is one where, uh, you know, you know, Max, you could be paired with a CEO. You could be paired with potentially uh, a great Pebble pitcher. Beach. Maybe a Pro quarterback. Am. Pro-Am is correct. Pro seven, I would have never got that without seven that. Seven different names. And interesting enough, and I, I, was t- I was typing this list out this morning as my child was climbing on me. Um, you could go both ways with the Open because now the Open is considered the Open Championship. So it's really dipping into two oh, you're names. Right. That's kind of tricky. Uh, I just went with the Open. But there you go. That's seven uh, seven events. When I saw QBE shootout, I was very interested. I, I don't really know how many more there are. I don't know what other terms that would be available to use. The one thing I did run into is what do we do with the ones that are just the, so the Northern Trust, the American yeah. Express? What well, I was about that? to ask you how, how many more years till all the uppity folk in the golf community just start calling the Open Championship just the. I think we like should get the there. first, maybe just the first and most important word ever. Um, because obviously, if you call it the British Open, you are. Uh, you are ruining the sanctimony of the game of golf. No respect. Uh, so the uh, or the is that is that championship's name? Uh, I would imagine the way this uh, the cancel culture is going. I think by twenty thirty, that's what we'll call it. We'll just we might not even have a word. There might literally no. not be a word for it. It just <laughs> might be a blank. Hey, we welcome you to the here at Royal you St. Get George. It. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like it. I'm, I don't I'm, want to tell you. I am. <laughs> um, hey, uh, I haven't talked to you on the pod since your win i have two win questions one is when you win the first event of the year um are there uh, this is a question i've always had are there incentives for you if you become fedex cup number one so are there sponsorship Uh, incentives when you are fedex number one because you are fedex number one i don't know how long you've been fedex number one or how many weeks but do you get incentives do you even know these types of things I do. You do not uh, for that exact reason that it took me one one week to accomplish uh, and back up with nothing but, uh, you know, mediocre to bad golf. So that would have been a crazy move if we could somehow snuck that one in the titles contract. Uh, You get a fat bonus if you make uh, from your sponsors. I think if you ever hit number one in the world, uh, from what I understand, Um, number one FedEx, not uh, end of the year. Yes. Beginning of the year. No. Um, it is very interesting, uh, not dilemma, that's, it seems like a bad word, but it's a very interesting kind of mental proposition to realize that you are number one at the beginning of the year and you need to hold that for like 11 <laughs> months. Uh, I don't know why it sounded, it's, it's like, it's the greatest thing, right? You cannot possibly get off to a better start, but then you're also like, damn, like it might be easier to start in like fifth <laughs> or 10th. First of all, like, I got to be the guy who leads this thing. You know, obviously you don't have to lead it the whole way. Um, but no, it was, uh, it was awesome. I, I, I've always played like complete, you know, shit in the fall. And I go out there, didn't, not that I didn't want to go to the tournament. It's just, I've never really played tremendously well there. And I was pretty tired. Um, cause you know, the season had like, uh, you know, for the big guys, they had a, a that made the tour championship that had like a, we only a week off we had probably two weeks off um but yeah fortunately i ended up going and won and we were just laughing um uh, because you know we we're trying to we change our we we're going to change our schedule around uh, regardless of what we did that week uh for the most part but we we're going to change some stuff because we were just trying to get into top 50 in the world to qualify for the masters um i think we're you know 50 somewhere in the low 50s uh maybe low 60s at the time and we you know we're, we're on the range on Monday, just like me, Mark, and Joe, and I had dinner with Lacey that night, and we all talking about what we should do to get in top fifty. And 
you know, <laughs> Sunday afternoon comes, we walk off the 18th green. I was like, you know, like, Joe, I don't really think the schedule matters anymore. I hear, you know, I think we'll be all right. So it was kind of just a funny, funny way to do it. But yeah, um, that being number one effects have honestly is pretty cool. Uh, I think I had it for two weeks and I know it's silly and I know, you know, some people make fun of it or whatever. And, and obviously it's not like, uh, everyone had played in two weeks and, and it's, it's not quite as cool as it would, I would imagine in, you know, three months time or four months time, or obviously at the end of the year, but it is kind of cool. I don't know why, uh, Taylor Gooch is number one right now and, and he gets to hold it for a while. He'll probably be the one to hold it for the longest, uh, you know, for the, for the coming months. And, um, I don't know. I think it's, it's awesome uh to see just for like even though you know it's kind of silly you know you leave and you're like wow i'm like the best player in the entire world at the moment (laughs) (laughs) well like you were joking about the dauntingness of it if you will like being number one at the first week of the year and thinking about wow the tour championship literally just wrapped up and i gotta end you know in theory i'm trying to end number one a full calendar year even like jokes aside does it feel like now the year is a little bigger for you considering You've already got a win. Now you're kind of thinking I, I could win multiple times in a season. Like, does that completely change the way you look at 2021, 2022 at all? Yeah, I would think oddly. It probably shouldn't if you're in like the ideal headspace. But I would actually say, yeah, it probably does because uh, I think it brings like, here's a college word that I don't know if I'm using right, gravitas to the year. Like if you get a win early, um, like – you know, I've had this was my first year, I think, yeah, year with two wins, right? Um, on any tour, and I have never had two in like one since season. Since you were in college, right? Uh, like yeah, since you were in college, college, I had two my senior year. Yeah, so I've th- I had never had two in a season minus that. So now, you know, obviously there's a, a much higher possibility, but you just know, you know, like if you get off, and and you know, you could have a pretty crazy like you know, maybe not historic year, but I know, you know, a couple of times Jason Day and Spieth, I think one year both have five wins. And obviously when you get that first one, it just becomes, it seems um, you're going to approach each week the same, but maybe just you think, okay, you know, th- it just gives you a boost, I guess. It's like, this is the, you know, for me, I, I my biggest goal, the goals this year is to make the Presence Cup and the Tour Championship and like, you know, winning early makes, you know, it, it just kind of, it makes that a lot easier, especially just mentally to be like, all right, you don't have to, um, sometimes you get halfway, you know, midway through the season and you've had some good events. Maybe you've had a few top tens, uh, maybe a top five or two, but haven't won or something. You start to like, maybe feel like you're pressing to do that. And you can't really press and win golf tournaments. I think probably only a couple people in the world, uh, or in history probably could ever have really done that. So knowing that I already won one, it's like, I have that at least in my back pocket. It feels like the rest of the year is like, I don't know. Maybe it feels a little more exciting, you know, like you're in that position. Like, like I said about Taylor, like he's number one. I, f- I imagine he's super motivated. Or I know he's super motivated to keep that up while he goes into January. Um, so yeah, so it is a little bit different. Um, like I said, it probably shouldn't be, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like uh, these. The, I, I get. I always just think to like with the guys like Rory and and. Um, and Dustin and Rom and all those guys must think on a yearly basis because I, I think that they just that that's how they feel about every season. It doesn't matter if they win in the fall. It's just like, yeah, they'll come or whatever. So I don't know. It's uh but it's definitely exciting. Um, you know, it's just uh it's nice to get a break, but it's also a cool time to get a little bit better and get ready um to kind of try to chase down those those goals from a position that's like 
you know, very good. It's not, you're not feeling like not a lot of sour grapes from the fall. You know, Kyle Porter has brought this up a couple of times. He wrote this in his book that he put out. Everybody should buy it, by the way. It's really good. It's called a normal sport. But he said <laughs> that one of the cool parts about 2021 was, you know, you winning became comfortable. It, it became normal. It wasn't as big of a, like everybody loves Max Homa, right? And we all celebrate when you do well. But this year, it's felt very normal. Like you're, we almost expect you to be in contention and win. I was thinking about your three wins, right? And you win at the Wells Fargo, and that's your first PGA Tour victory. And it's an enormous deal because you're like, I, I got here. You know, I went from the lowest of lows. I went through, you know, the shittiest times a professional golfer can go through. I, cu- I couldn't find a fairway. And now I won the Wells Fargo playing alongside Rory. And then you win at Riv after being in contention the year before. You've talked a lot about this. You've talked on this podcast about it as well. Like, that was the one you always wanted to win. Did this one feel the most normal? Did this one feel the most, this is my job? Like, I'm a professional golfer out here doing what I love to do. Did this one feel different than those two? Yeah, totally. I thought Wells Fargo felt like I was hot and the putter was hot and things were going my way. And I had my, like, kind of competitive spirit back. Um, and I went back to just at least the mentals I have had my whole life about like with how I think I'm pretty good at closing things. So I think that all like married, but I don't think like the golf by any means was something crazy. It was special for a week, but it wasn't like I felt like I left that tournament a new player. I just felt like I left there relieved uh, in a way um, to like get it off, you know, get the kind of monkey off my back and get a win and get comfortable, or, you know, some, uh, uh, you know, what is it called? The, just be set with my schedule and whatnot. And then Riv felt like the most, Hey, Hey buddy, you should probably fig- realize how good you are at this because I watched it. I remember living it really well. And I just felt like the golfer that should and could do that, um, in a very, very good field, um, in some hard conditions. And then, yeah, the Napa, you know, cause after Riv, I actually played quite well, um, you know, for, for the remainder of the season, for the most part, obviously minus some ebbs and flows. Um, but yeah, the, the Napa one, obviously the field wasn't great. John Rahm was there, which helped, uh, things, um, because now every, all, all three tournaments I've won, I've won with the best player in the world in my group at some point. So I'm, I, nice. I'm hoping, uh, <laughs> I'm hoping to Jeopardy keep, yeah, keep getting uh, paired with whoever the best player in the world is on Saturday or Sunday or Thursday or Friday. And, uh, but that one just felt, yeah, it felt different. I definitely felt like a bigger fish in a small pond. I've never, not that I never really felt that on the tour, but that that's what kind of built after LA. I felt like even like LA was so interesting because the very next week I go to concession for the workday championship and I, get paired the first two days with Rory and Justin. And I just went from like a mega high and I'm still on a high, but now I'm a very small fish, like very, <laughs> um, especially with the crowds were back there and um, we didn't have crowds in LA. And then the very next week is Florida and we have some crowds and you could just tell, I mean, people were being super cool to me, but like you could tell, obviously they're there to watch Rory and Justin and I play well. And then I, you know, go a week later and, you know, get top 10 at, the at Bay Hill and again like a kind of like I'm like bouncing between like feels of like big and small and big and small and like I notice sometimes I'll play with people who I'll feel like kind of bigger and then sometimes I'll play with people and feel very small and it's just like funny how that was working and then 
you know, I play well at Valspar and I felt like that field, at least on the weekend, I was like, I, I felt a little bit bigger and that was interesting. And then obviously the big dog, you know, Sam Burns comes out and, and, and asserts himself, but like I felt comfy. And then as the season just kept going on and on and on, I started feeling bigger and bigger and bigger, even in the big tournaments. I didn't feel really just being comfortable, I guess, and being around experience as they say. Uh, yeah. So I got to the Napa event and honestly, like minus John, I didn't feel completely outmatched by anybody obviously at that point john and and this point john has been playing the best golf like we've seen in a long time um so obviously i was you know not like i felt big there but i don't know once he he, you know he he missed the cut um and uh i just felt like even though i played with mickelson the next day it was comfy because i kind of know him but you know, he's a big personality, but like my golf, I just get, guess the season just felt like it, it made me yeah. feel a lot taller than I have felt before. And I just felt like, you know, that event, um, I was playing good and, and, and I don't know, it did, it felt, but to your question in, in the longest winded way ever, as I do, uh, it did feel way different because it felt like the most routine since I can remember, um, even back to, to college. So it's like, yeah, I've had I've had times where I felt like, you know, I, I I like I said I grinded it out really like at uh at the Wells Fargo and at a couple of my web at one of my web events um that I won and then at Riv I've just played really good golf and like started to get it a little bit and then this one I felt like I just trusted that if I played 4 days of good golf like I would be up there and that's what happened. That was cool. So it's definitely, you know, I know a lot of people talk about it. There's uh, like, I think they say there's three PJ tours. There's like the kind of 10 guys, you know, 15 guys, you know, that, that are going to compete in all the majors um, throughout the season, um, or at least a few of them. And then there's the, you know, kind of the tear down that I would put myself in, which is like, you know, the invitational guys, the guys that you would, you would be surprised if they play great in a major, but in the same way you wouldn't. And then there's the next tier guys who, um, you know, are, are trying to work their way up into that, into that realm. Great golfers haven't maybe popped through in a big, big event yet. Um, and, you know, being in that middle one is, is cool uh, because, you know, you can kind of move your way along, but it, you know, it, it also puts you in a position where when you play events like uh, this year's Fortnite championships at a great golf course, and it always has great players, but it's not a deepest field because of where it is in the schedule. You can go there and kind of oddly enough feel um, a little bit bigger, I guess. Cause that's how I felt like I played the Bahamas championship last year. Or, the, or two years ago, I guess. And like, even I thought I was like the best golfer in the world by any means, but like I went there and it's a feel where, you know, pretty big chunk of the guys don't play a full season at, on tour anymore. So you can walk around and you, you try to, I try to learn from that and be like, all right, why, why do I feel like this? Like, why can't I feel like this when, you know, Rory, Rom, Tiger, uh, you know, JT, all those dudes are around. Like, why can't I feel like that? So you try and like emulate, but it's just hard. It's just experience. So that that's definitely the biggest change this season is I don't think I'm going to go into any events and be, at all like overwhelmed with the field i think that one finally went away getting to play a bunch of invitationals top tenning and the the three of them and just like feeling like i played with like everybody this year and getting that like hey it's not you know you're gonna have moments as it's gonna feel real big but like the start of the events fortunately no longer feel like i remember the first time i went to this century the tournament changes i'm going to and i was like <laughs> you look at the field you're like what the hell like it just seemed like fake <laughs> And I even made a joke. I was walking with Adam Long and Corey Connors into the hotel everyone stays at. And Corey's room was to the right. And ours was down like to the left hallway. And I was joking with Adam because Adam, Adam's like me, just kind of we like goof off a lot. But I was like, um, 
uh, you know, I was like, oh, Mr. Connors, uh, welcome back. Uh, you'll be staying, uh, you know, over here. And uh, uh, Corey or uh, Adam and Max, like, you know, you guys just enjoy your time over there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we're not so sure we're going to see you again. And now it's like, you know, you go there and it's a little bit more comfy. So it's just it's funny how that works. But it's all experience. I'm sure it's like anything with your job, with anything. First time you're on camera or first time you do uh, an interview with a big like a big time player. I'm sure it's very scary. And then as you do it more, you realize it's not. It's it's it. You just have to be the same person. But I don't know. It takes. It took me a minute. I think like the best guys like Jordan and Justin when they came up. I, I doubt that they felt that. They've always been big. I, I remember 2016 U.S. Open to your point, and uh, I remember I'd interviewed uh, Andrew Landry played well yeah. for a couple of days at Oakmont, if you remember. And so I'd interviewed Landry. And he was so cool and chill. Like he'd come in, and to your to exactly what you're saying. It wasn't Rory, you know, I mean, no offense to Andrew Landry, but it wasn't Rory. It wasn't John Rahm. And I remember when Dustin came in for the first time and I remember like the five minutes before Dustin, I'm like, cause you know, when you do the big guys, most of the time it's a live interview. Some of the time you'll tape an interview if it's not again, Dustin, Rory, Ricky, whomever. And, uh, and I remember DJ walked in and I was like, Oh shit, here we go. You know, like this is your first time kind of spinning in this world. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's different. You know, I was thinking about you this year because 2021, I think, when we kind of look back on the Max Homa experience as a professional golfer, 2021 is going to be the year we really remember because you won at rib, but you won twice. And to your point, it seemed like the confidence grew, the understanding grew, kind of what a lot of people in your life had seen, you started to understand as well. Maybe you always understood it, but you understood it more and you kind of showcased it. What I look at you as, and I think this is very important for 2022 and beyond, you know, there was something floating around on social media the day, and it was like, pick your best driver, your best iron player, your best wedge player, your best putter, and Kepka wasn't on there. And I think Kepka retweeted it with kind of the, you know, the emoji like the mm. Yeah, how is he not on was, there? Like it's so silly. I mean, something. Matt, Matthew Wolf was on best driver. Like, yeah. just put Kepka in there. But uh you're the you're one of the best in the world at playing hard golf courses. And so when you look at 2022, and this is something I mean, kind of following you in, in the last few years, really kind of following how you play, is when it gets tough. You play well. And so you mentioned a couple of your goals. What are some of your goals in terms of like majors and things like that for 2022? Because I mean, I've said it on golf today. I've said it on our show. We did it. You know, we, we had a lot, a lot of weeks on looking ahead stuff because there wasn't a lot of golf on. And I was like, you know, there's two, there's two majors, the PGA and the U S open, in my opinion, really fit Max's game. So when you look at 2022 now with the confidence and the belief and all these things, Outside of President's Cup, outside of Tour Championship, which I think you missed by one spot, of course. I mean, in 2020, <laughs> what are you looking at in terms of some of the other events and like goals, maybe things you wrote down? Yeah, you know, it's interesting you ask because I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday about what you do or two days ago, what you do with your schedule. And I was like, I just don't, I don't, sh I don't, I think there's only a handful of guys that should, in my opinion, like pay massive attention to the majors and make it these big goals because. My right. career is not valued off of majors yet, hopefully someday, but I don't think a lot of people's Great are point. Rory. Um, but like I, I have three wins. I, I was say I, so I, I like, I do analogies in, in, um, <clears throat> or in comparisons in, uh, extremes. So would you like, you know, I, I, I could ask myself for someone who has zero majors like myself, would I rather have five? Cause a lot of people weigh majors real big. Would I rather have right. five majors and five total wins, so like five total all majors. Kind of, you're in a 
legendary spot there not a lot of people won five majors or would i rather have like 40 to 50 pga tour wins and i and i think it's no brainer to have 40 to 50 pga tour wins so my point is is that i don't have nearly enough wins to think oh my legacy is going to be based off of these majors so i try not to overthink it however i've done such a poor job in them that there has to be something that is uh, a little bit that i'm doing a little bit wrong or different than I, I typically do because to your point I should play really well in the masters um, I'm not the most consistent putter and that's really let me down I'm not the most not the best short game guy so that that's kind of where you can save some things but as far as the ball striking goes I've played it well two times for the most part um, it's just the putter hasn't been like there. Tita Tita Green, Green, I, Tita I mean, Green I've made a couple of mistakes, well, yeah. but for the most part, like over overall, I haven't really, that's not been the reason I haven't played well. I can play that golf course with my cut off the tee. I found out I can, and I can iron the hell out of it. So it's like, I, 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 I like the golf course in that manner. So that one's frustrating. I haven't played better there. So I do, I do really, I don't know if I have a goal for that one, but like, I, I really expect myself to play better in that. And then the U.S. Open, especially cause I've been where it is this year. I would imagine I played well you, there. You played the yeah, club, I played yeah. I played the USAM there. I mean, I played awful, but that was, you know, 10, 12 years ago, 11 or no, yeah, 10 years ago. So I really expect myself to play like well there just in US Opens in general. So I guess my goals would be I really do, I think out of the four of them, if I'm being like obviously like honest, what I would like to do is be kind of in the mix in all four of them, obviously. But if I'm saying like for a goal, I think a realistic goal. I would very much like to just be in contention in one, especially one of the first two to just feel it. And obviously, hopefully, you know, hopefully that means I win one, hopefully. Um, right. But who knows? But I really do. Cause I really was telling Joe and I think we, you know, we may have talked about the British, the, the open championship um, or the, I, uh, I think we had talked about how like, I just want to make that cut so damn bad. Cause I hadn't made a cut in a major in so freaking long. I wanted to feel what it what it's like to play Sunday at, at a major and, um, and, and just get to be on the course for four days to feel that for four days. So I, I think that was sadly not a goal, but it was definitely a, a mini win in a way, uh, in, in a weird way. But this year, I think like the next is like, Hey, you gotta, you need to at least like have a feel for, Hey, if I play a good weekend, I have a chance or something like that. And I, it's not just in one of them. I like to do that all four of them, but um they should fit me i mean the the open is tough the weather's you know who knows what you get um and it's so different um but don't you feel like that plays into you? yeah it should I, I it like should all of your it hand because like you'll just play through the crap like i don't feel like you like weirdly and i think pro golfers like it less the longer they're out there because golf is so manicured to you specifically i mean I mean, for goodness sakes, we're playing lift, clean, in place now yeah. preemptively, yeah. right? I mean, we're playing it before the weather <laughs> rolls in. So for somebody like you, I, I just have always felt like the shitty stuff plays into your hand. Yeah. I, I just feel like if it blows 30, if it's raining, if it's crappy, if the greens are firm, if it's a U.S. Open and it's super brown, like for you, you should be going sweet. Now Now there's 40 less guys that can I think that's this, a know? great point, actually, because so what I realized about myself this year, um, looking back on everything is like everyone has a quality as a golfer. Like I look at these young kids or, um, you know, it's tough with like look the top you. guys, but the, well, I play with these, I play with like now. Will's Torres and I play with, you know, Victor <laughs> Hovland and Colin Morikawa and Wolf and you like, just like, they're superstars, like super, super, superstars. Um, some of them are already, some of them are getting there, um, to the super, super stardom. Um, but they they are all unbelievable and like you and Scotty Scheffler and like I, I watch these kids and like you you kind of like try to see what they are like they're all a little bit different 
Um, so then like it makes you think of what you like would be what myself would be classified as. And how I realize is, is um, Lacey's dad calls me a mutter. And, um, yep. and like, so I, I, and, and, you know, I think with the, the way I play with the you know best guys in the world in my group at those, t- at those times is I think I'm like a dog. And I think the problem is, is when I go to a major, I forget that it's a, it's like a dog fight. Like it's not, yep. it, it, it it's not a, who can be the most perfect thing out there. And I think that's been tough because the U S open, I, you think you need to hit every fairway and every green and be smart and never make a mental mistake in this nice. Really you just gotta be freaking. you have to be a dog. You have to be tough as hell. You have to make a bogey and wipe it off and move to the next and then make a birdie and just keep doing that for 72 holes and be the toughest one out there and play great golf. The master seems like, because a lot of birdies get made, it's like, no, you just have to keep plugging. You have to avoid the big number there, but you just got to keep kind of like, just like be tough as hell. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously the, the British, uh, I'm going to just say the British open. I I don't call the open. I'll be honest, guys. I don't call the open championship at home. I call the British open. Um, what, what do you think? What do you think percentage of tour guys? What do you think? They, when you guys are just casually having a conversation. You think I would say 95% of the Americans I would say. say British yeah. open. Yeah, there um, you go. Anyway, anyway, no, but ahead, I would say like that one is, is the easiest one to say that about because I, I, I don't, I'm from freaking Southern California. I don't know what weather is, but when it gets cold and rainy, I, I, I turn off my mean to max thing and i just get really like comfortable in knowing that everyone else is going to be a, a jerk to themselves and i'm not going to be and the pga would be the toughest one because the pga i think marries the the part that i don't do great which is going <clears throat> low on hard car courses like for for four days it's a little bit lower scores and the courses are very demanding and i just think my short game hasn't been there to help me in those times where I need to just like gut out like a six hole stretch. Do I think I can't play well? No, but it's just, I think that the other three are really shaped to how I have played in, in my career mentally um, and physically. So, um, but I would be nice to obviously play better in them. It's been a funny, um, you know, kind of, you know, big cat from Barstool and part of my take, like he's just made the trend and it makes me laugh because it is, it is true. Like it would be, I'd be lying if I didn't think about it, you know, I, you're never playing just to make the cut, but that, at that, that, you know, Royal St. George's, I was like pretty damn stoked just to make the cut. And, you know, I hate to admit it, but like, that's just how you feel. Um, so it's become kind of funny. And again, I don't look at my whole year. I didn't look at my last year as being a, um, your last season as being a, uh, down year because I didn't play well in the majors. Again, like I say that because I'm not to that point in my career. Um, I'd love to be, but I think that comes with a lot more success um, where you can base your whole season off. Hey, I, I had a good year because I won uh, one of the four big ones, or if you want to add the players championship, one of the five big ones, I don't, I'm not there. So it doesn't weigh on me. Like it, it does with other people. It's just very, as someone who likes to think or thinks too much, it's just so interesting. So it's like, why can I go in? I went to the masters both times playing so freaking well. And I was like, oh, this is it. Like, and, and So there's something mental that gets in there. And I was actually talking to Scavi about this too. Augusta is, like, Jordan's a rare one. Augusta is the biggest learning curve, man. Like I look back at so many shots and putts I've hit there. It's the only course where we'll talk and like someone will say, what's the hardest putt at Augusta? And I could tell you right now. And I've only been there for, you know, six rounds. But like what, what it, the what putt is left to right on 17 uh, from the back of the green, back left green to the uh, back right of the green. Because it looks way uphill and it's way downhill. But that stuff that you pick up from other people talking about it and yourself looking at it. But it's so dramatic there. It's very, 
you know, sometimes you'll say like you, you obviously lived in Scottsdale, everyone, everything breaks towards the valley, right? right. And the valley is arbitrary, but we know about where it is. And it does do that. But like, I, I mean, I'm pretty good at golf. You're, you're really good at golf. Like how, how and you've played a lot of golf in Scottsdale. Could you like on a 12 foot putt? Is that an inch? Is that two inches? Is that right. three? Inches? I have not one damn clue, but it, Nobody at Augusta, does. you can really see, cause it's not dramatic in Augusta, You could really tell, you know, like these shots, these putts, these, whatever you're like, dang, that was faster. Dang, that moved like, dang, like that's just crazy. So that's where I just feel like so much experience is uh, important at Augusta. And obviously you still need to play amazing golf. Don't get me wrong. But like there's certain shots and places to leave it and, and, and putts that you need to know more than any golf course I've ever been on. So that's the interesting part about that one. I think that's the one. I think that's why it is so um, it is so uh, such a career booster and such a kind of you get put on a pedestal because I think it requires so much. Um, outside of just physical but the physical is so much too but i think they're so even because you have to handle pressure uh you have to have like a great multifaceted golf game but you also have to have like a brain that i think like can can digest all of that information and i think that's pretty difficult you look at i mean most obvious one is rory and I don't know which which part of that equation hasn't matched, but it's not the golf or the physical part of the game. Well, I mean, I mean, when you go historically, I mean, if you go historically over players that you went, this person, I mean, this is what I always try not to do as a broadcaster. I try never to give tournaments to people yeah. when they come close because you never know, right? This would have been we, an alley-oop. Yeah, I mean, I, and Rory, Weiskopf, Greg Norman, for goodness yeah. sakes, who drove the ball as well as anybody on the planet. Ernie Els, I mean, Ernie Els, People were saying before Tiger, they were like, Ernie's going to win five green jackets, yeah. you know? So you get to a point where I think I think what you said is right. There's experience at Augusta that matters, and that experience is truly about the golf. But I think the longer you hang around mentally, it's tougher to win. Yes. So you need that perfect mix. Like, it's probably – we could probably do the math. It's probably like four to six years or four to seven years is like Sweet that spot. window of yeah. your best chance to win the Masters because you've had three or four years to understand the golf course, but you haven't played it. 10 times to go. I've never got a shot here because to me, I mean, Rory McIlroy could go to the first hit Augusta tomorrow and shoot 67 and it would be an absolute ho-hum around the golf. But when you put everything else into it, it gets heavier. So, I mean, that only makes sense. I'm going to give you, I got a couple more golf questions that we're going to get to some more stuff. Um, I'm going to give you one major next year. You can win the masters at Augusta nationals where they're hosting next year. You can win the open at St. Andrews, the old course next year. Which one do you pick? The open. Nice. It's crazy. We've been playing this game a lot. I, me, Joe, and I do Would You Rather's all the time, and now we've got we've got people sucked in. Like Webb Simpson will come up to us across the range and be like, "All right, Joe, Max, I got a Would You Rather for you." But we like compare. What's your best? What's your rather? What's your best one? You guys do, or which one's the hardest one to figure out an answer to? Do you have one specifically? I have. We did uh, the one that's gotten the most contention. We all fight over. I won't tell you who everybody said. But at the RSM, I was watching two guys chip. It was Jason Day and Zach Johnson. And I asked Joe, end career right this moment. You can't, no, no more project, no projection. End it now. Whose career would you take, Jason Day's or Zach Johnson's? And the reason it's a great question, they both had obviously phenomenal careers, is Zach has won two majors and they've been on the two greatest golf Iconic. courses in the world, right? And Jason's won one major. And I think less tournaments or maybe about the same tournaments, but Jason's made number one, been number one in the world. And Zach has not been, I don't think he's been too close. So um, 
and then we like knocked it down. I won't go through all the names because I think I'm not like trying to like you know diminish people's careers it wasn't obviously like that but um i like to see we'd like to see where people's heads like what you value because i then picked somebody who had been number one in the world i think but hadn't won a major and like we were like going through all these people um so we do majors too it's like you know would you rather win you know one masters or two pgas or and we just see where people's brains are and how they value it and stuff like that um so we were doing that with uh you know would you rather win uh i think we did actually might have done like would you rather win the open championship at St. Andrews or the masters. And it was like such a hard question because you're until I went to uh, Europe and played this year, I would have said the masters by a thousand. Right. And I don't know. There's something special about it. Uh, I think it's, you could really make it a toss up. I'm sure by, you know, um, uh, February, I'll tell you it's the masters, but there's some about like that was the last major I played and there's just so, it just was so memorable. Um, and I don't even care that much about the history I'm, because I haven't been there. I'm sure when I get there, I'll get it. Obviously, you know better than pretty much anybody, Shane, what it what it's like. Um, but just the ch- open championship in general, I was enamored by and I can't I, like I said, I, I can't wait to learn about and get that feeling at St. Andrews. But I played St. George's where people didn't even really like highly regard and i thought it was the coolest damn thing i've ever done so um, i don't know it's tough because the masters is the masters man like that's just nothing nothing really cooler in golf than having a you know than picturing having a green jacket i never hit a putt in my life when i was a kid to win the open championship i promise you that but as i've gotten older and appreciate the game of golf more um i think that like the way i like to play golf i think that would be a really cool one um you know, really anywhere, because I just think that that kind of golf is just, it attracts itself to me a lot more. I think that the the Masters is, or Augusta National is amazing at marrying the two, because it's not like you play the ball on the ground, but you have to move it a little bit and you have to be just insanely precise. The Opens, I just think that the Open pushes your limits of patience a shade more. And for me, as someone who has so little (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like my Everest, but I think I could do it. Yeah, test, so I yeah. love it. I don't know. If you had to pick between those two, where would you go? So so I would go Zach um, for, for a couple reasons. One is, I mean, you know, I mean, St. Andrews is, you know, the most special golf course in the world to me personally, just because, I mean, I've got a lot of things there and it would be so cool. I'm going to try to go over and qualify for the Open next nice. year. I mean, Hell yeah. I do, I, I do this every five years. I go over and try to go through the process of it and, and all that. But um, you know what Zach has that I think a lot of people – sleep on Zach beat Tiger in a playoff and I think there's only two people that have ever done that so I know it's not a it was an official PGA Tour tournament and all that stuff but I mean to beat Tiger Woods at a playoff is and the way is like a mini, so it's like a, it's like, yeah but it's like a mini major That's you know true. I mean so I, I would I would probably go Zach just because again you're going to be at the champions dinner your whole life and uh and you'll be an open champion at St. Andrews your whole life but that's uh that's pretty good. Max, I got a question wait, 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 for wait. you. Wait, 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 wait. St. Andrews oh, winning. Sorry. Wait, did you say winning at St. Andrews or Masters? I just said I said winning at St. Andrews and then winning the Masters. I mean, I mean, you get to go to both those okay, champions dinners. You. you get to be a part of all that. I mean, what 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 that would just be to me, it's like if that would be one and two for me in some order of like majors to win would be winning those two. So um it would be pretty special. Uh, you just went on a ski trip, Max. I did. Uh, where you did, but you didn't ski. You're a professional golfer, uh, so you, I, I don't know if you're not contractually allowed to ski or if you just. I don't, don't like think to I'm or... allowed to, but I don't remember ever seeing that I can't. But I don't because I'm not. I'm. Are you smart. a skier? I used to ski, then I snowboarded, and then I think I was freshman year of college or maybe senior year of high school. 
uh, I'm not great at it, but I, I wouldn't really like fall, um, uh, unless, you know, something, um, out of my control happens. I, you know, I wasn't going super fast and, uh, someone had fallen in front of me, which made me have to like spin out. And my knee got to that part where you almost like, it almost popped. Like I felt it. And I just yeah. snowboarded down the hand of the guy, all my stuff. And I was like, yeah, this ain't for me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be Sean white out there. Like at least I have a chance to be, you know, freaking Tiger Woods. Like it's a better chance that I have to be Sean White. So how about we give this up and go sit sit inside? <laughs> so so give me your so you go on a ski vacation. You uh you and Lacey and I think some some family friends. Lacey's family, family right? yeah. With her family. All right. So I need the max home of five keys to a ski vacation when you don't actually ski. Okay. Do you have five? Yes, I have five. I love my list right, made me laugh writing this. One is good, booze. Good, good has to be booze. you literally can't get through a trip especially with with a, you know her family is much less wild they're crazy than my family so like like but i still needed booze everyone seemed to need booze the first thing we do when we got there is go to the liquor store and get wine and uh you know i got an elijah craig uh uh deal now it's behind and, you. I can yeah see it behind and you. i brought some of that and it was like the 130 proof and that will keep you warm in the snow <laughs> so uh that was number one and it was not particularly close uh well hey what's uh what's so real quick max um like you're not skiing so you don't have you don't have any alarm in the morning I, you wake up when you wake up right i, I so have nothing you have nothing to do i mean you're at the, I'm assuming, are you at the house like alone at one point in the day? Like, no, because uh, only the only people on that trip, I thought everyone was going to go ski and snowboard, but um, the only people that went, uh, Lacey and her two brothers. So uh, the rest of us were just chilling. Um, obviously, I have my dog. So we were just chilling. So uh, yeah, I, I don't think I was ever alone at the house. <laughs> we had two. What's many your people. average first cocktail, average time for first cocktail on ski trip? Oh, man. One of the days was aggressively early. Um, like like nine thirty. Yeah, 10 it had to be like by yeah, ten, yeah. nine thirty, ten. Like a New Year's Day. You New it Year's felt Day very much. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. But I would say the average was later because I, I I wasn't trying to be weird. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's probably like lunchtime for sure. Was getting okay. something to 12 drink at twelve twelve thirty. But yeah, one day was aggressively early. Uh, yeah. and I I especially because like I think I'd woken up like very soon before that. Um. But yeah, so number two on the list, uh, and I know not everybody can do this, but it's my list, is a dog to watch run in the snow because of multiple reasons. One, my dog gets the zoomies in the snow, which is cute, but it's also hilarious because when it was a lot of snow, she was just jumping around, running around with like zero like thought. And then she would hit this spot that was way too deep and like be neck deep in the snow and like freak out. And I thought that was the funniest thing ever. And the second is because when she would like get really hyped up and crazy and she'd bury her face in the snow for a second, she'd come out looking like she just did like a ton of cocaine, like from a movie, like where like, you know, one of those uh, like uh, – uh, one of those like uh, drug movies, uh, kind of uh, like mob Narcos movies, or Narcos, yeah. where you like they catch the guy that's Scotty because she has this huge thing, and I don't know why it makes me laugh so freaking hard when she looks at me because she doesn't look like the same dog at all. Um, but just th- watching that it was a blast. Um, did it make you think of what she looks like at you when you have weird facial? Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, thing? it was hundred percent. Like, why does he have that? a mustache today? Uh, how is he doing this? Uh, that's exactly what it made me. It makes me think because it's just like I can notice the littlest thing. She pins her ear back. She looked like a different dog, but in the snow, she was like living her best life. But she also was uh, addicted to drugs, so we had to get her out of there uh, pretty quickly. Number three. Oh, number three. Um, 
a lodge of sorts so you can at least feel like you're part of the community. I feel like that's important on a trip. Oh, interesting. Because everyone's so not, skiing. Not your own house. No, because not your own. everybody's out and about, and the, you know everyone's kind of like, oh, you shred today, bro? You like, and the, you're like, you like the energy. Yeah, yeah, that's and you're like, no, nah, okay. man, I'm just kind of like walking around drinking, and, and then you kind of feel like a loser. <laughs> So you ski it? No. no so at not. least I like, get in really the lodge not. and being like amongst the crew and being like, oh yeah, like. Did you ever lie about uh, that you had been skiing? Or no, it's pretty. I think it's pretty gym? obvious with me, man. <laughs> I don't, gotcha, okay. don't have the right gear. <laughs> I, you know, uh, I'm in sweatpants. Yeah, like yeah, I was almost always in sweat. So I wish I should have put sweatpants on this list, but uh, you can add it. Sure. Uh, uh, no, it doesn't fit. I took actually some pretty. Actually, this fit. This kind of goes into my f- number four. So. Uh, okay. okay, I'm just gonna go to number four. So hold on, hold on. So, so real quick, so you're in a lodge. So you you have an area that you're staying in with the fam and the dog and everybody, and then so you would occasionally just kind of mosey around the the lodge resort area to just kind of run into. Well, people. so just basically, to, to basically we were in an Airbnb right off the main street of Park City, um, and then there was a lodge at the uh, ski place or whatever that Lacey and her brothers went. So we went there one day, and that was kind of fun, just being like amongst it on the mountain. But yeah, then, yeah. like, the other times, it's like, when I would just walk down to run an errand, or um, we would go to, like, a couple, me and her brothers and and um, and and Lacey would go down to, like, just the bar down the road that we could walk to and just hang out. We would eat lunch or whatever there, uh, or, or, like, you know, kind of pre-dinner. A lot of meals is a big key to uh, vacation as well. But, you know, like, that, that felt like a bit of a lodge. So you just, like, feel like you're part of the community a little bit. But, yeah, like, I, I would we would try and get out of the house as much as possible. Uh, just because we could walk, it was so easy to get everywhere. So like that was the fun part. Um, so we could just kind of cruise no- around. Did you get noticed? Did you get noticed at all? Anybody know you're? Is, is that Max? I Nolan? did not. I would say that beanies oh. and big jackets help a lot. But I did see the okay. very first place we went on the very first day. This like four guys were wearing foot joy jackets, oh, and no. I was like, wow, that is just like remarkable that that's the gear. Because like I have all of it, and I never thought that it could hold up. So shout out to foot joy. I guess like even in this coldest of places like it, it stands it stands up to the weather just, i didn't even consider taking it. my own stuff so uh, <laughs> so that was kind of shocking uh speaking of foot joy i think number four uh for the my five keys to a solid ski vacation when you don't ski is a sick fit and i think that requires okay. cool shoes a cool beanie and a cool jacket i think the pants don't matter so we could interchange that for some sweatpants i tried that on vacation um beanie is important um a huge, huge I think it's part a huge of part of the winter. vacation. I think multiple, like, do you have multiple? Or just I one? only have one because I think this is part of it. I don't look good in many types of beanies, but there's one specific gotcha. beanie that I think I look good in, and I just brought that one. And then I had two jackets that were the exact same color, but they were slightly different thickness. So if I was going for Mr. Like Eskimo Man, I went with a thick one. If I was going, like, hey, uh, we're going to dinner, I want to look uh, suave, I'm going with the thinner one. Um, sometimes throw a hoodie under the thing. So then I could kind of like layer it, but I think a sick fit is important because you watch all those guys come down the mountains and they're wearing some crazy stuff. I don't know for the young folks out there, if you saw, or the, the older folks out there, if you saw Johnny tsunami back in the day on Disney channel, but that guy proved that to be amongst the mountain, you better have some sick clothes. Look good, look good on the mountain. Did you see Kurt Warner's jacket the other day? That was the awful. Football game? Yeah. It looked like Hershey. So Kiss jacket? can you tell me, can you tell me that that is not the exact same, uh, make, of uh phil mickelson's sunglasses he wears that could be from cvs and maybe could not be really really good yeah. point so much i was reflection. too late on it to like tweet it but that was that's that that was uh, a yeah really, that's, I, that's all i could think of i'm like look at this guy 
<laughs> that like, jacket could you know, be that Phil? jacket could be two million dollars. It could be four dollars. We have absolutely no idea. <laughs> Phil's glasses. I've never had glasses that clean <laughs> or clear before. Like, does he just is he rubbing them down minutes before he goes well, on air? If I they, mean, mine are always smudged. If they are from CVS, he might just get a new. He might have hundreds of pairs. Now, smart, if they're from smart. like Tom Ford and they're like the fifty thousand dollars glasses, I assume they are. Then I think he has he a guy who's cleaning them. <laughs> You might have multiple tears of that. Tim too. Is was, cleaning that them. was that Jerry Jones? Was that Jerry Jones that had his, his son clean uh, his yes, glasses? Is yes, that what in happened? the box. That was a tough there scene. You go. Tough scene, tough scene. Uh, so a good fits four. And then what's the, what's number five? Uh, what's the number last five thing? is booze, but in a hot chocolate. <laughs> oh, gosh. We're bringing it back. <laughs> yeah. We're bringing it back. So is that is that la- is that later in the evening? You've kind of you've kind of run through Elijah Craig, you've run through wine. You need like a little sweet pick me up, but you want to throw something in it. And what do you throw in, dude? It? So I so I don't drink coffee, uh, and everyone around everyone drinks coffee. So I always feel left mm-hmm. out. So I I will especially right now it's a little cooler. I'll get like hot chocolates in the morning to fit in with everybody. So mine yeah. was a mo- that was my morning. That was my aggressively early gotcha, hot chocolate gotcha, and gotcha. Bailey's day. Um, but I'll, I'll drink it any time of the day, uh, especially when everyone's like, "What do you? You know, we're going to Starbucks or whatever. What do you want?" And I'll be like, "You know, just give me a little hot chocolate." And when they ask me, "Do you want whipped cream?" I'm like, "Are you? Is that a serious question?" <laughs> um, and then when you're, I'm at, I'm in the ski area. It's like, "Do you want any alcohol?" And it's like, "Yeah, I'd love some Bailey's in it." Um, yeah, it feels like uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, right? Where he brings the two bottles. Yes, exactly. Know, brings, like, the double Malibu bottle. Exactly. So that that I think that's important because when it is really really cold, you need to warm up, but you cannot. You cannot, you can never forget the number one of your list, you know? And so you got to incorporate that as much as humanly possible. Bring it back. Um, I really like your list. I think it was a very smart list. I love the fit being involved. Fit's important. I do think, I do think the fit, the winter fit is, is an underrated look. I mean, I live in the Northeast now, by the way, you you should get this. It's it's exactly a year ago to the day. This was this morning that I left Scottsdale. And oh yeah, yeah. This morning I drove to Texas, all the way to Dallas from Arizona uh, on this day a year ago. But that is one thing is like it's so easy to get the lazy winter cold fit, and occasionally when you kind of bust out your best stuff. So what's your best going stuff? Like what are people's best stuff? I don't, well, so, I don't, I don't so really hold on, know. real quick. I know, I know, I know. This doesn't. This isn't going to make it on the podcast. But do you see what I own oh, now? No, you Shane, these? you own Uggs. Oh, oh, where, uh, the Bugs boots. Uh, you got to make sure you clear. Okay. And these oh, are like the ugly, like the. Cause you know they make like UGG slippers and stuff. Oh, gotcha. But I got these. I got these like two weeks ago, and I mean, this is pretty much the only thing I have on <laughs> all the time. And Cindy thinks You've changed, absolutely man. ridiculous. Listen, it's cold, Max. When you're cold, you'll do anything. When it's consistently cold, you went to do like the cute winter trip. Oh yeah, yeah. No, full, I, I, I couldn't boom, be there more right than three days. Zone. I don't know how you're doing. No, it. No. I would be so fat, so fat well, you, if I lived in the cold. The, I I could not be the there any more days. You could propel I right guess, there, man. So I, I just think I'd lose all. Like, who cares? Like, no one's gonna see you, man. Like, yeah, I have eight layers on. Like, I just look like a. I look like the Michelin man at all times. So why care? But that. But the reverse is is that there's legitimately nothing not else to do. to do. Yeah. Okay. So like going to the gym, and we have daycare at the gym. So going to the gym is like a break. Yeah. So that's uh, that's, that's a, a great huge point. Part. Speaking. Yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of the winter and the holidays. Um, I asked for your favorite holiday thing and your least favorite holiday thing. I'm going to go first yes, please. on least favorite. Okay. This has been a part of, uh, this has been a bugaboo my entire life. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm somebody that can learn things. I can't learn this. I can't wrap presents. Oh man, that's a good one. Do it. I can't, I have tried my sister, my wife, my mom. I've had multiple people sit with me over the years and explain to me, 
I watch people wrap presents well, and I'm amazed. I can never cut the paper correctly. I cut too little or too much. Then I get frustrated, and then I say F it and then just put, like, the extra strip in the middle and use way too much tape. It's always overlapping. It looks like a kid did it. It's This has been something my entire yeah. life, so that might be my least favorite holiday thing. Do you go me. with the bags? Like, I, I don't, but I should. I do, man. I I've think given I should. Up. Okay. I've just given up. Because it's, okay. it's more embarrassing, man. This is my, <laughs> Here you go. This is my I tried last, my absolute my hardest year. on this, and it and looks like this. Looks like. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Like. What is your least favorite, uh, so that, or what is your favorite? That's my, sorry, that's my least favorite. I'll, I have a before I get there. I just have a quick take for you, a little holiday take. I want to get your thoughts. The holiday on it. take. No, it doesn't. A holiday make take. Sense. Uh, every everybody, everybody during uh, October just spends the entire month shitting on candy corn. I and yeah. I believe. I'm just saying that's what that's everybody like does. Their they motivation. Like, I like so candy gross. Corn. It's so nasty. It's fine. It's fine. But I think candy canes are kind of the candy corn. Candy canes suck. Thank you. I like That's candy corn, so maybe I'm part. Maybe I'm part of the problem here. Candy. I got some candy. candy Henry wanted some candy canes the other day. I got some candy canes. I was eating one a couple nights ago. Total waste of calories. Total waste of sweets. Give me a cookie. Give me ice cream. Give me chocolate. Anything else? I'm out. They give you canes. a round candy cane when you leave almost every two to three star restaurant in the world. Uh, they give you a one of those little <laughs> fuck, uh, mints. <laughs> You get one everywhere. Not a four, not I mean, five, maybe a but four. A but I'm just maybe. saying, that, like, they hand them out. Like, they, they're literally giving them out like they're candy, but they're not candy. It's not just not They're great. not good. That's, it's so a breath mint. Yeah. Um, I have a favorite thing. My favorite, my favorite holiday thing is we live in a society where traditions are getting lost by the minute. Um, I do like the fact that we have a four to five week period every year. I mean – that you get to put a tree up, that you put lights up, that people, not everybody does it, not everybody celebrates it, not everybody's under the same umbrella in it, but I would say that it seems like the last tradition left in society, and so I'm in on that. Yeah, that's a that's a good, I mean, shoot, that's a, amen, amen to something, <laughs> staying the same. There you, go. Um, there you go. My, I have two of each, I thought you wanted two of each for some reason, so I don't know why, because now I'm, I'm reading it, and it doesn't say two. Um Okay, number one is shopping for anything and then realizing that other people feel like they have to shop for me because I don't care. I don't want anything. Couldn't care less. Is it nice? Like, gotcha. am I happy to have it? Like, But if you want to go on the internet and send it to my house, like that is totally fine. I don't need to open something. I don't need you to go to the store because I hate going there so much um, that it just makes it makes everything better not to go. But I know that sounds like selfish. Like, oh, of course, I, I want to give people presents, but it's like the – process of wrapping them i suck at it and it just feels like you know it's fun to open but you could just nowadays you just open a big old box anyways uh if i just shipped it to i mean you. we open we so here's the one of the things i to your point on that max one of the things i think has been lost a little bit with all of our celebratory holidays christmas father's day mother's day birthdays is we open shit all, all the, the time. time you get we a get gift from a guy named amazon like all every the day time. <laughs> Weekly, daily for some people. So that 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 sensation yeah, it's of cutting the box down. open and opening it, it's done. Twenty years ago, we'd get that twice. And a I don't week. want people to feel like they need to go in the in the. I mean, it is war out there. It is war. Yes. I mean, we had a full conversation with the grown ass man yesterday about how he's scared to go to the mall because he forgot he has to go today, and today is the twenty third. I mean, he is so scared. Scary. Um, and yeah. I'm like, man, I so I don't want anybody to feel like they they need to go get me something by like fighting off a bunch of Karens 
and I don't know what the male version of Karen is, but like, I don't want them to have to feel like they have to do that. So I, every, like, I hate that. So that's my least favorite for sure. And then my second least favorite, I just say contentious. Uh-oh. Let me finish it. Cause it's a very quick sentence, but it's important. Right, here we go. I don't like Christmas music and you can sue me. I'm half Jewish. So I will win that battle in court. I don't, I don't, I don't love it. I like it in spurts. People will listen to it. I feel like you are that person, Shane, the entire month of December. And I, it, I would rather just listen to regular music here and there. Great. The constant of any Christmas party or any whatever, like December drive, it's too much for me, man. Christmas music, it's interesting. I'm actually not as much in it as you think. And the reason being is, you know how everybody says you've got to work at a service industry job at some point in your life to kind of understand and treat people the right way? Um, If you've ever worked at a job that involves Christmas, um, you understand that the music, it will forever taint you. I worked my, our hometown in East Texas, Marshall, Texas, has a thing called the Wonderland of Lights. My dad was in charge of the Wonderland of Lights in the mid-90s. We were in, bro. Like, there's an outdoor ice skating rink, the only outdoor ice skating rink in the state of Texas at the time. I mean, it's like everybody decorates crazy-like, all these neighborhoods, all this stuff. Well, I worked at the food stands for the month of December where we would sell hot chocolate and cider and popcorn eight hours a day of Christmas music. So I, I'm still – I mean, that was you know that was 20 years ago, and I still think about it. So I'm a little with you. I, I think if you wait, if you can wait until about the 15th, then you can go 10 days of Christmas music and not hate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If you're starting in November, it's, it's well, just I, um, I don't – like, it's not like I hate the song. It's just like if we're going to sit at dinner and all dinner, all I'm going to hear is Christmas music. Not every Christmas music song is good, but if you put on, like, the best hits of Most the aren't. 2000s, like, at least I like, it's mixed in some good music, <laughs> right? Um, and you just remind me of something, though, uh, to, to that extent. Uh, and I wanted to figure out how, it, when I did this holiday podcast, to sneak in Stevie F. Baby just one more time. But when Stevie F. Baby caddied for me at the Dunlop Phoenix in Japan, we had a translator. I may have told this story before, but she said, the clubhouse plays one song and one song only the entire time of the tournament, seven days in a row. And she goes, you will never forget the song we were there for seven days it's been two years and i know the song in my head i know the melody obviously i don't speak japanese but it's not na 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 i mean i will never oh it is on a loop if you sit in that if you sit i can't imagine working in the pro shop you hear it for the eight to 12 hours you're working there it's insanity and that's that's how to me some christmas songs get because there's some you know like there's some that i think are good and, and I'll listen to like like they're real like not real music but like it's like a normal. Give, give song. me an example. Give me give me an example of one that's um, good. like do, I don't hate the Mariah Carey song. Like I think that's a good yeah, song. Yeah. Um, some of the, like the uh, B the Beebs has a couple, but like when it gets Beebs really like um, like Mother Goosey, it's like <laughs> when I have a kid, I you know I love to I'll bang it, I'll rock the house down. But it's like I don't need I don't need you know uh, like. There's the some jingle horrible, bells. Like, I mean, horrible, it's a good song to listen to Christmas once song. to be like, oh, yeah, hell yeah, it's Christmas time. But like, I don't, I don't need to hear it. It's, no, it's like, it the, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a poem sung to me from like a Dr. Seuss book that's like, oh, that was cool. But like, 
would I rather listen to J. Cole? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Like, I like it better. Like a real yeah, song. Like a real like, music. Like yeah. To a new, a new album. Yeah, that's good. All right. So you have a, so you, you did your least favorites. Yeah, my favorites. Um, as someone who does not get to uh, eat at home a whole lot, good the good food of Christmas, especially when you have yeah, family, yeah. we're not doing a whole lot. I think my mom will come though, and she's promised me uh, she would cook something to eat. So I just think the good food, uh, being around family, obviously can't be beat. Uh, I think that's an obvious one. But I, I was trying to be a little bit more clever. So um, the good food, it's just like a it's a treat and then my other one uh is this is probably the opposite of how most people feel but um a day where golf courses are closed so i'm literally not allowed to go like it's a forced vacation Smart. like i literally can't i can't go to the gym and i cannot go to the golf course on the 25th and it is i didn't like it when i was a kid because you know we, we're not you know like i said i'm half jewish it's not like we have these big christmases we don't have these big parties or family gatherings so i'd like to go practice or do some but now as i've gotten older i'm like all right you are literally you have to sit at home and and relax and it's like okay so i like that part of it that's my that's my personal favorite part uh, honorable mention favorite part of the holidays is i m- maybe my favorite sports watching day of the year is nba basketball and christmas oh, day. i didn't I mean, think about for the moment, you wake, unders, the moment you wake christmas up unders yeah. is fun christmas, christmas unders, unders is a blast yeah, you just 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 every game start especially when you're west coast like being out there the first game comes on like literally when oh you yeah wake up. and um it's really really hard to beat i suggested we go to the knicks game to city the other day and i won't tell you the look <laughs> say it was not a, was 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 not was not a very positive one um i have one golf thing uh the best i want the best we're, we're done for the year for the most part what's the best golf shot that max homa hit in 2021 and the golf shot that you'd most want to mulligan on from 2021 um i think the best shot i hit was uh the bunker shot on 10 at riv on uh nice. saturday i was between I, I said that one because i really like i even when i hit it i looked at joe at, like <laughs> and i said that's the best shot i've ever hit in my life um so I, I think that was it uh so i'm gonna go with that i i've just like never really been in that bunker and thought to myself to that back right pin like you always see people in there and you're like oh this is dead and it was downwind like i just don't know how it, it was a miracle it was a true miracle so you hold on real quick max you drove it in the front right yeah i was in the correct was it i was in the, yeah, was the one? first one which was um like the one up by the green but i was on the left side of it which gave me some life but it was the back right pin so it's already screwed but it was like downwind like a million that was the problem and like i was like, already gonna have a hard time if it wasn't and you know i've I've watched it a bunch and i've listened to the thing and they're like you know there's just no way i, I was really i kind of aimed right of the pin and i thought you know if i hit it a little too hard, i needed to get it out but if i hit it too hard it would go in the back bunker where dj hit it and then it's a really easy bunker shot from there to make par so i guess the the one thing i couldn't do is hit it short in the bunker again um but I don't know. I just opened it and I thumped it and I spun it and I landed it like dead where I was looking. Like if 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 the hole was where I was, if if I, if I was aiming at where the hole was, I would have made. <clears throat> I would have made it. Um, and it was um, it was just perfect. I made like the six footer for birdie. Um, and it was like I've been there a lot and and I've watched that shot a lot. And it's just the worst place you could be, uh, especially with the wind. Um, so that was that that had to be. And obviously I ended up winning, which, which helped. Uh, kind of solidify that one for me. I had a worse and a mulligan. The worse I hit because they kind of interchangeable. Golfers could probably. I, I went through the. It was much harder to figure out my favorite best shot than it was to. I had a million mulligans in my head. There was just like ten thousand. <laughs> um, but the mulligan I would say is I uh, at Pebble Beach on Sunday. I got off to a really good start. I think I started a par eagle birdie. Um, I was in one of the last few groups. I don't think I would have caught Daniel Berger. He played great, but I definitely. 
have played well there. And I thought I could have gone real low and maybe pushed him a little bit, <clears throat> but I hit a, I think I birdie, I think I went par Eagle birdie birdie or something like that. I was, I was low early and I doubled five because I pulled a seven iron in the back left bunker and I had a really bad lie and ended up just making double. And I just wish, I think it felt like if I would have hit a little better shot in there. And even if I would have just made par, um, you know, I, I birdied six and uh, I think I birdied seven. Like, I think I, I just would have, I could have had a real dumb low front nine and um, put a lot of pressure on him or on them at the time. Um, so that would have been my mulligan. But I, if you ask any golfer, I think we could give you a thousand mulligans. Um, yeah. So that, that was, that was kind of a, a hard one to come up with. <laughs> um, I made a hole in one this year. You did? So Hell yeah. That's my, that's my best shot. Of that's the a year. pretty um, obvious because, one. I, mean, I don't, don't have a lot. Don't have a lot to kind of thumb through. And then um, when I shanked it out of bounds at the Connecticut Open, when I was one under and playing pretty solid. I didn't hear about that one. Yeah, oh, yes, I did. Never mind. That was, our, that was the yeah. one we weren't supposed Col- to talk about. Col- That's why I repressed that memory. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. It was you. a cold shank out of bounds. Um, that was uh, the day after Greenberg had been telling me all That's about the right. shanks he was yeah. So We got a, a lot of a heat one. for that uh, podcast for talking about it so much. What about yeah. the shank? Like you guys, I have to go play. People are like, I got to play today. Even Michael, I think I even Michael that. Kim texted me like, hey, like chill. Can you say shank less? <laughs> can you say the word? Can you say the word shank less? Um, I haven't, listen, I've got a dumb idea. I think you're going to like be a it. podcast without a dumb I think idea. You're gonna, I think you're going to like this. I was talking to my wife about this the other day and she really liked it. And she really likes um, any of the ideas I come up with about golf, much less things for the podcast. So um, do you remember, you'll remember this. Remember that they had the fantasy football bet, uh, like a year or two ago and the guy had to sit in the waffle house for 24 hours yeah. and every waffle he ate, he lost an hour on yeah. the bet. All right. So I've got a bet similar to that. So you have a bet it's fantasy football, it's whatever. And the loser for a full year, the loser of the bet, every phone call he receives, no matter who it is, boss, wife, dad, mom, random number, whomever. You have to answer it doing the Adele hello. Like you have to sing the Adele hello on every phone call for a full year. Imagine like that's the day like whoever you've always wanted to call you calls you. Like imagine. Like you and you imagine Tiger calls you. (laughs) And you have to act like hello. You have to act like something went wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, hello? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what are your thoughts? Do you I, like I, I really, I, I love all, all. I would play. I don't do fantasy football, but I would play it without any prize, just for who could not get last for some kind of. Yeah, like those are the best bets. It's more fun. I got a last. buddy who's got it's a, a tattoo that. of a pineapple on his ass because he got last. I had a in, in fantasy. I know a buddy who had to go. I think he's JT's buddy. He had to go to every, or maybe it was Toys, but he had to go to every bar with them on a bar crawl around Christmas and dress up as a Christmas tree and plug himself into an outlet in every bar. I thought that was thirst. I've had a buddy had to go go back and take the ACT. Come I mean, on. The, the ideas of these are so creative. So I'm all in on like just the awkward, like that waffle bed is amazing. I'm like so all good. in on that. The Adele one is amazing. Like all that, it would be just so funny. The only tough part about the Adele one is I don't think the others would get the satisfaction um, because I wouldn't really want to call. Like how many times am I really going to call you and get you to say it? Cause yeah. at some point I'm going to get annoyed, 
but like if I could if I could be a fly on the wall and you're on speaker and like I said like Tiger Woods calls you and you have to be like you know do the whole thing that would make everything worth it. Um, I like the idea. You'd probably get a lot of call. I think you'd get a lot of phone calls. At least, but let me tell months. you this: if I if you, if we had this bet and I won and you had to do it, I would text every single person in my phone to call you that day. I would. Call, you would be on Shane. the phone the entire day. Your voice would be hoarse from singing. <laughs> the Adele bet. The Adele bet is is the one we're presenting, dude. The, the Christmas tree bet. Is yeah, that was pretty fantastic. What, having to plug yourself yeah. in is in really, the corner really funny. of every um, <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the thing. Is like there's the, the you know sometimes the world can see very heavy, and then there's still yeah. kind of shit. People out there are still idiots. <laughs> still, still idiots. Uh, what's your you're playing uh, Century? I'm I assuming. am. Yeah, I'm you're playing. Hawaii. Are you playing? What do you play? What's your first few weeks uh, look change like? Change up the West Coast a little bit. I'm playing uh, Century. Then I'm not playing again until uh, Tory Pines. Then I'm playing um, Waste Management and LA. Uh, so taking off cool. a couple that I normally play. Um, but uh, yeah, Pebble. Uh, no Pebble this year. Doesn't look like it. Oh, yeah, I don't think okay. if 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 I get the call from. Back-to-back MVP Aaron Rodgers that he wants to play again. I'll go, but I don't think he's playing because he's probably going to win the Super Bowl. Wow, giving him the MVP there too. I, I think he should win the MVP. Uh, like, convince me otherwise. They're the well, they're the best yeah, team. And he's I mean, it, clearly it, it, the best I'm, quarterback. I'm with you. I'm giving you, like it just doesn't. I'm giving you crap about it, but they're they're the best team in football. And no, it's so weird. Can you remember a team that had the person playing the best in a sport? Who is a, a yes, name, a known name, a very popular name? No, well, just not getting any no, fans there. I wild. mean, they're covering every week. They're winning all the time. Nobody talks about the Packers. It is just so strange. I wonder if it's from the year and all the stuff that's come down with Aaron. But it does feel like we're talking as little about you know a red hot you know popular team. People like Green Bay. You know, they're a known commodity. It's not some random pop up squad. Just seems strange that I don't. We're yeah, not hearing it's as definitely much about weird. Their Super There's. Bowl couple of stats I read that are wild. Aaron like prides himself in not turning the ball over and it's pretty obvious and clear. He's obviously good at everything, but that is to me, it's kind of like if you watch a golfer, like it's just like a Jim Furyk type thing in, in in this sense that like, you know, he just didn't want to make bogeys and like Aaron just doesn't turn the ball over when he, and now Brett Favre is probably the opposite of that. Although an absolute right. beast. Um, Aaron is, I think eight touchdowns away from four fifty something like that, maybe seven, seven or eight and, um, or 18. I don't know, but he's like, he's very close. And he, it, when he gets there, if he gets there without another pick, he would have, um, a hundred, he would get to that feet with 193 less interceptions than Aaron, uh, than Brett Favre had. And the other one wow. is at this exact point, or I'm sorry, maybe that's like what they are now. When he gets a 450, he's like the next closest to him and, and, interceptions is still like 60 more than him it's tom brady like at that rate it's just like pretty remarkable how few he has thrown um and i think that's why i don't know if i was a if i was the defense if i was a coach um if i was uh, a you know the diehard packer fan i feel like that would just be very comforting to know that like my guy he ain't gonna lose it like the alabama has made a <clears throat> dynasty off of quarterbacks who are known as game managers then you get a year where you get like you know someone like this year like bryce it's like oh shoot like now it's tough because like he's a animal right he's a he's a monster and yeah he might turn maybe i I haven't looked at i don't think he has but like then it just almost seems unfair at times but 
that's how I feel about Rodgers because he makes every throw, but he also like doesn't throw to the wrong team very much. And it's just like that just seems seems like a really fun thing to be a part of. I don't know a ton about football, I mean, but it, like keeping the ball seems way more fun for the defense not to have to run straight back onto the field and be like, hey, dude, I was trying to catch my breath. Oh, sorry, yeah, man. Nice Go pass. stop him. Well, I mean, the no bogey, the no mo- bogey analogy is 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 so perfect for that because it's like, I mean, you've played matches against guys that don't make yes, bogeys, like, and when they don't make bogeys, it's just so frustrating because if you're two down, you just don't feel like you can yeah, get back. It's just you're always going forward, momentum wise. You just feel like you're always going forward, even if it's a three and out football. It's like, well, like this is the game. If you throw, throw, turn it over. You know, on your side of the field, it just feels like the whole thing is like pick sixes. Like that just. You know, it just doesn't seem like that's possible, right? And and then all of a sudden, you're like, yo, we're going to score this drive. And like three seconds later, they have seven points. <laughs> like what just yeah, happened? And it puts and it puts the it puts the pressure on the coaching because then they don't feel like they, if they have to kick the field goal and you're up two and there's a minute left, like you're going to lose because that's how good Aaron is. Uh, Max, I'm going to get you out on this. <clears throat> it's my last flight of 2021. Uh, worst thing I heard, it wasn't this week, but I was going to tell you, I was going to, I was going to let you in on my, my little story from last week. So Cindy went to Arizona last week for about five days to see family and friends and all that stuff. So I had Henry. Our last uh, golf today was last Friday. So it's leading into the PNC, right? Well, because of Tiger playing, we changed some stuff around. No big deal. We get this babysitter and we're texting with the babysitter. And I said, hey, listen, you, you've got to be at the house at eight o'clock in the morning. That's the latest possible time you could be there. We're on the air at 9.30. It takes me 15 minutes to get to the studio. I'm there three hours early for typical shows, so this was going to be weird anyway. But, you know, circumstances happen, not a big deal. So this we, we texted with the babysitter two days before, making sure everything's confirmed. We were going to give her a, a nice little bonus tip, you know? Kind you know of what you. I'm saying? Like, throw, a, throw, yeah, throw it, sprinkle a little extra money uh, to get there early. It's 8.03. 8.03. Oh, no. I'm sitting there with Henry. And I'm freaking out a little bit. And I send the text. I have not communicated with the babysitter yet. Only Cindy has. I sent a text. And I said, hey, just uh, checking in. What time do you think you're going to be here? And the worst thing I heard this week or last week was, who is this? Oh, no. The moment the moment I got who is this, I went, oh, this is oh, not good. No. This is not good. I knew from who is this that something had gone wrong. So I said, I'm, you know, I'm Shane. I'm, I'm Cindy's husband. Oh, I forgot. I forgot it was the day. So, oh God! Uh, t- t- needless to say, um, I was, I was. We we finally got to the house, and uh, I was running into makeup and rushing onto the set. And uh, for the last show of the year, I was a bit. Why frazzled you, you should have been able to bring Henry it. on set? It was COVID because uh, his father's son. If it, if it hadn't been child. COVID, I I I already thought of that. That's exactly what I thought. The same thing, Max. Is I was thinking I'll bring Henry. He could hang out. If he wanders onto the set, we're talking about the father-son anyway, the parent-child. Henry's there. I'm working. You know, I, I got to say I gotta but, say this. And I have a mic in my face for the first time in a while. I feel like people have to tiptoe around this topic, and I just want to put out there, this COVID is a real bitch. <laughs> it's a real it really bitch, sucks. man. Here's a take. Here's a take at the end of the, end of the show. <laughs> you know what? You know what's not a lot of fun? COVID. Dude, like. You know what's not great? It's just, oh, it, I, oh, I know man. I feel so bad complaining about like the little part. I'm healthy as can be. I get it. Sue me again, two times, but God, man, do I hate wearing a mask on a plane? <laughs> like I just, Dude, COVID, I just hate it. Everything, everything sucks way so worse bad. with COVID. And the thing is like, 
I think if you go back and listen to Get a Grip in May of 2020 and then September oh, of man, 2020, buddy. and you hear depressing. our voices and you hear the way we're talking about it and you go, you know, this is going to suck. But the fact that it's December of 2021 and we got all new wave and you're like, God, I'm just so effing over well, it, man. Everything else at least runs its course. This will not run its so course. What's so weird about my job is we go everywhere and every single state has a different rule and law or whatever you want to call it. Every single one of them. So like I went to Florida, which has no laws ever. And you know what you're getting into, (laughs) at least when you go there. And then I flew to the distillery, uh, Elijah Craig's distillery in Kentucky Sunday night. And I landed, I walked outside and like, I don't know why I just assumed like it was going to be because I'd just been there. It was going to be like Florida and I you know live in Arizona where like, you know, masks are not a mandate. I get there and like a couple people wearing them and now and this happens everywhere I go and I'm like, okay, am I breaking the rule? And I'm like, no, you know, right. and I always, Lacey and I always joke, it's like I'm not trying to make a political statement with what I'm doing with my mask or no mask. But if I don't have to wear one, if it's not a mandate, then I'm going to decide if I'm going to wear one on my own. And so I'm like walking in there. I'm like very confused. And the next day we're doing the thing and some people are, some people are. And I'm like, finally it was like, I just got the, like, I was like, do I have to have one of these on? Like, I, do, I don't want, I'm not trying to ruin anyone's day here. No, no, no. Right. Okay. And I'm like, okay. So then like I go, I'll go to another state and I'm like, it is a constant like Google search of like, what are the newest rules so I can fit in with the people around me and not step on anybody's toes. It is I don't know why it is so hilarious to me that that is what happens each new state I go to, but that it makes me laugh because I'm con- we're always because when you get off the plane, everyone's still wearing ones. So you don't know right when you land, you don't know. Right. It takes you a while to get to like a Chipotle or something where you're like, you have to, you okay, have to, get to the first establishment. Yes, first. You got to get to your first establishment. Yep, hotel, restaurant, Starbucks, whatever. You've got to go there because then, like you said, everybody in the everybody in the airport, and then all of the transportation. Away yes, from it, right? so you so have your you're you're in the real dark, car, buddy. Uber, mask. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the I, the COVID dance is what I call it. You're always like, like you're always like you. I think you said it so perfectly. Is you're never trying to make a statement. No, just... You're trying to you're trying to follow all the rules that they ask, but you don't know no. the rules. You know, because every place, every every library to... you go into in the world is like you have to whisper. Like that's a common rule. Like it's right. a common rule. Every <laughs> golf course you go to does uh, you know some say no hats inside. Not all of them. Not all of them, buddy. So right, you got to look right, around right, and right. see, is anybody – I went to Arizona Country Club yesterday. Nobody had a hat on inside. I'm like, this is a hat-off type establishment. That's what I feel everywhere I go. Do I need to have a hat on or not? I I, I had that – I got yelled at a bit. Yeah? Oh, time. yeah, we I do walk, too, though. <laughs> we get yeah, yelled at yeah, too. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's very scary. I fly. I flew Arizona to Orlando. I – Got I got in a, in a in a rental car. I drove. I got to Bay Hill. It's been six and a half hours of travel. I walk in the check into the hotel and I get the sir first thing, sir, no hats. And I was like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I j- I literally just walked in off of seven hours of traveling. But uh, hey. I got I got yelled. I what's up, Lacey? I don't have he the thing. What's up? I mean, <laughs> let's play a game. Let's play a game. Yeah. All right, All right let's hi. let's play it. Shane, what do you say? Hi. What what, what do you say? Hi. He said hi. I'm trying to lip read and I have nothing. <laughs> okay, I'm going. That was an experiment that did not work out well. She was trying to lip read. It didn't go well. Oh, <laughs> can you lip read? Yeah. I did. You just say can you lip read? I got that right, right? Yeah, I can. Yeah. There you go. That's very good. 
Hey, I'm I'm so impressed. By the way, your setup behind you is so much more professional. Oh, I had a thing. I had a um, thing do you have anything do else yesterday? Go. And I so I've started to move my stuff oh, around no uh, with the zooms and like they like little things in the background. So I was supposed to bring uh, some stuff and uh, yeah, that's what I that's what I went with. Um, anything else? Any other shout-outs? Anything you want to get out? Oh we man, go? there's a million things I could ran on and on about, um, but probably not. Uh, saw a great documentary uh, thing the other day on Netflix called The Alpinist. It's like if you've seen Free Solo, it's like that on just mega steroids, like just Mark McGuire type steroids. Think, yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal. Um, about to start a new book called The Four Agreements. Pretty excited about that. Um man million just hunker down getting ready for a water, million huh? a million things what's hey real quick before we go i, I did i was going to ask you this when we were talking about golf and i forgot to um can just a, a minute or so i just want you to talk about the mark blackburn stuff like going like joining him and how that has helped you because i feel like it's a great relationship and you guys have really enjoyed each other yeah and i just like what he's done to kind of help you get to a place where you feel like you're at right now yeah um for anybody who's like listen before like i think the biggest part was just now i get my body and how where my club needs to get to so that i can rotate um i don't have the best hips in the world i started working with a very um liked and respected trainer colby um and he uh k wayne as everyone calls him i mean he's the guy if you saw him he was with tiger in the Bahamas, uh, JT's trainer, he's Gooch's trainer. That's how I got on through Gooch. And he's really been helping me with, with my motion, but in the, in, for the time being, um, or with my flexibility and, and strength in those areas. But for the time being, still like knowing that, hey, when my swing is a little bit flatter and pointed laid off and shallow, I can turn real hard and I can't do that from up. So that's been the biggest part Mark's done remarks help with um i think um you know like like i've had with all my coaches the, the communication's always been great uh, i just think that I'm, I'm i'm getting it maybe better um there's such such an interesting thing with coaching is you got the smartest guy in the world uh, say something and if you don't hear it the way it was intended you can chase a t- chase your tail for a while i feel like maybe i haven't done that as much we have done it once i remember after the austin tournament um but kind of nipped in the bud a little quicker i guess than than uh i had in the past possibly i'm not really sure but um but the biggest thing he's done is i've just i've become a freaking really good wedge player and it's changed my golf i can drive the ball now i've definitely driven the ball the best i have because i think of the rotation and and committing to just hitting a cut but i've never driven the ball like this before for this long i mean it's been it's been damn near a year of just like i feel like i could be a great i'm never going to be the longest um by any means but i feel like i can actually like i could beat up the par fives real well with my driver now because i hit a lot of fairways and i hit it above average so that's been cool and then add in wedge play and that's what he's taught me more than anything and like i don't think i've become some insignificantly greater iron player i think I'm, i'm better but it's not worlds different the driver has been but the wedges are just like i feel like a different human and that's what he he really taught me all that i had never really learned how to hit a wedge properly um i think it's a for good reason it's a nuanced part of the game um and it seems so obvious and it seemed obvious to me and once we started working on i realized man why can't i do this and that and now it's my favorite thing basically my favorite thing to practice because it's so interesting to me it's so fun like 
when, when you watch golf too, it's just like, if, you know, you watch the father or the, the, the parent child, father, son, whatever, uh, Charlie and tiger, when tiger hits that little cut 65 yard wedge shot to oh. an inch, like, I just can't explain to you like how fun that shot is to then go try and, and get better at. And it may, and to, to the point of the really hard golf courses and the majors, when you do need to make birdies and you have 75 yards, but the pin's tucked and it's on a right to left slope and you need to hold it in there and whatever. Yeah. You can, it's 12 feet. You can make that putt. Do not get me wrong. A lot of people do that. I maybe sometimes do that instead, but you will see shots from high quality wedge players that spin up, you know, kind of right up the hill and get six to eight feet closer at times. And that is the stuff now that I'm just like obsessed with. I think it's so cool. And I, a lot of that's just from Mark. It's just a different, it's a slightly different technique, but it works its way all the way up through the bag for me. And that's fun too, because then I can, when my swing feels off, I can go to my wedges and kind of get it back, uh, kind of work from the, the ground up in a way. So I, I've been enjoying that part. And, um, but like I said, like with everybody, we have a good communication. He's good friends with Joe. And I think everybody, everybody uh, is on the same page. The, uh, the tiger wedge shot. It's dude. just so cool. I mean, that 40 yard spin. Oh. And he spun back a shot from 40 yards, like eight feet. I don't know how he does this. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I was, you know, we were talking uh Damon and I were talking to golf today, like leading into PNC about like, what are you most excited to see? Like, what are you, what are you looking for? And I said, two things. I said, I just want to see what his numbers are like. You know, I don't want to see maxed out tiger. I just wanted to see what he was hitting at distance wise. And I want to see the wedge. Like I want to see 40, 50, 60 yards because, you know, I mean, he's so underrated. Yeah. I mean, we talk so much about all of his brilliance and that might be what he was the most brilliant at was his hands for those little field shots. And he still hit, you know, like you said, he still hits the cutter and he can still hit the hooking chip and he just manipulates so many different aspects of it and knows exactly how he's manipulating the face and the club and the groove he's hitting the ball with. And uh, it's mastery stuff, dude. Like, he's still got oh, that, yeah. you know, which is uh, which is special. <laughs> That's pretty watch. cool to think that. I just don't think that ever goes away. Phil's still got it. I just think when you have yep. it like that, it just doesn't – it's ne- It's just never gone. It just it, – he the just hands has there, the hands yeah. forever. And I think that's cool because, I mean, even at the end of time, you watch Lee Trevino, who's one of the best ball strikers of all time. He's still the – probably the coolest person to watch hit a golf boy is 84 watching him hit three wood into 18. And he, I mean, he does this thing for all the golf junkies out there. I mean, he does this thing where like he reroutes it pretty far under and holds the face so open and hits a draw. Now it's like, dang, like you just got it. Like that? it's just so cool. It's just the stuff that like makes your, I don't know. It's, I think it's why golf is so cool. Cause I, you know, it's not like in 15 years, Aaron Rodgers could grab a football and heave it and you would just be dumbfounded. I don't think he'd, right. he'll be able to spin it like that anymore. And I just don't think, especially around the green short game, whatever tiger Phil, those guys will just, you know, speed when he's it was old in like a hundred years. Like they're just all, I think they're always going to have that. And I think that is so cool to know that like in 20 years, tiger could be at the father, son or, or a clinic. And you're going to see him hit some shot where, Everyone in there is going to be like, what the hell, man? Like, pros are going to be like, how are you doing that? It's like Seve. It's what stories I hear about Seve. It's just like, it's, it's incredible. So I think that's awesome. The John Rom talking to yes. Jose Maria yes. at the Masters of Cheers, like such a I special that's cool amazing. thing. Um, oh, I mean, it's, 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 one of the, it's one of the real treats um, about golf. I, I've, I've told this story before. I, um, when I was caddying at St. Andrews, I was in a group one day with Peter Thompson. Ooh. And I didn't get his bag, but he was in the group. And I watched Peter Thompson play – St. Andrews for 18 holes. And he was probably mid seventies and he hit it nowhere. Of course, I mean, 70, yeah. 75 years old. How far are you going to hit it? 
but that action around the greens and the wedges and the nine irons and the chipping and those little types of shots, you know, where, where you could see, I mean, you could see why he won five opens or whatever. So yeah, it's just the um, mass. That the, that's perfect. The mastery is just, it, that doesn't leave you. I can't, did you I watch cannot, it? Were you locked? Did you watch it all? Did you on watch Sunday? Tiger? I couldn't the, stop. The, I, and Tiger? I couldn't believe it. I didn't, I, I was, I was not making fun of, I, I, I actually really, especn't with Tiger Point, I think that event is amazing. The fact that JT plays, I think it makes it amazing. But yeah, it wouldn't so cool. suck me in ever. I would put it on C. I was glad Nelly was playing. Like like some stuff I think is cool to see, but I would never watch it. Like watch it, watch it, like cap be captivated by it. I couldn't turn it off. Like I, I really couldn't turn it off. The for me, just watching Tiger Woods play golf for whatever reason, I I really enjoy it. If he's like a hundred percent or zero percent like i just enjoy watching him swing the golf club he makes everything look i don't know i don't know how to explain it it's just it's just uh, aesthetically pleasing to the eye um i also was trying to i can't imagine what you know tiger's given us a little bit here and there but not a lot and he has given jt probably more than that but i don't know what that is he's given charlie everything he knows right i try and watch Charlie to see what he over exaggerates, knowing that maybe that's what his dad is telling him He's to like do. Pushing, so I like yeah. looked at a couple things and you could see him and I'm going to keep those to myself, but that's why I liked. I very much was like geeking out, trying to figure out those things. Cause there's a couple that seemed, I thought like semi obvious. And then there's some, I could just be making up, but it was fun. And it was fun. It's fun to, I don't know. I try not to get in the sappy part, but it was fun to see him laugh and smile because, you know, as much as like he's all most of our favorite golfer, like at this point in the game, like he he's given us a million things. Like it would be nice if he could just like live his life. I hope he plays golf again. I hope hope he plays at Riviera this year. I hope I get my practice run with him somewhere at some point. But if it, if I don't, it doesn't matter. It's cool to see that he like. The, uh, no laying up had this interview uh, podcast with Rory like two weeks ago. I don't know if you listen to it. It's fascinating. Rory's yeah, yeah. the best person on the PJ tour as far as like Rom is too about like listening to or whatever, but Rory's Rory's my favorite guy out there to, to for a million reasons. And he gives this insight and everything. And they ask him the question that everyone gets asked in golf at some point. Do you, that plays professional? Do you still love golf? It's an impossible question to answer because the answers it's an impossible answer or a question to answer with just a yes or no, because there has to be, if you say yes, there is almost always a, like a kind of like a, um, uh, contingency to it or, or a caveat, caveat to it. And cause I think mostly everybody would say yes, but it's right. not the same that you did when you were 12. So it's kind of fun to see like tiger who we don't, I don't know if he loves golf. And then you watch this, you're like, yeah, hell yeah. He loves golf. I think that's cool. <laughs> Cause it's gotta be, I mean, this is his, his, his life as, as great as it is financially or whatever. And, 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 and career wise, like it's been tremendous, one of a kind, but like, the rest of his life that's hard man being in the spotlight that's some crazy stuff since he was like three four years old i mean that's insanity so it's like a lot of this stuff is not enviable so to get to see him like happy i know it sounds stupid because i don't we're not like friends or anything but it's just like man at least it makes it makes us all feel like <laughs> i don't know in a way like worth it that like at the end of the day we're still all gonna love golf and like playing yeah maybe there's a million cameras around and there won't be when i play golf with you know my future kid but like 
we're still gonna be the same thing. We're gonna be high fiving, and, and hopefully, my kid's gonna be talking shit to me like he did to Tiger. Yes. Like, that's what I want my kid to do. I want my kid to do the Money Manzel right in my eye because right when I make it on top of him, I'm gonna push him over and Money Manzel right on top of him. Like you know, like that's the stuff. So it's like it's all the same same thing. So it's cool because at the end of a career, like what are we gonna you know? That's what you kind of have. So I, that's why I was, but I, I was captivated by Tiger and watching him golf play golf. But I was pleasantly like surprised and pleased by how much i enjoyed like watching them like and and all and all of the contestants like nelly's dad freaking out was really cool he would do I the wrong cool. hand wrong fist hand, pump. he does left hand fist pump, which is very the, bad yeah like he did he did the other arm he said he called pump. his coach from tennis to help him calm down like i thought that was cool like i don't know there was little <laughs> stuff like that that i just find with those th- these these stupid silly season events and i played in one this year always seems so dumb and i I played in one this year, and I realized this is so fun. We do two proams. The the groups that are at the tournament have a blast. It was a lot of fun for them and for us. And then the when watching on TV, I don't know. Maybe it sucks. I don't care. The tournament itself was a blast, and the, the sponsor gets a lot out of it. Then the uh, the PNC, I always thought was like, ah, this is a silly season, season, whatever. And maybe it's because this year I finally, again, credit to Tiger. He does this all the time. Got to watch again and like, or I had not had to, but I was like almost like forced into watching as a fan of golf. And I was like, man, this is awesome. This is an awesome golf tournament. And I don't know. It was, uh, you get now why all these tournaments, I guess, exist. Because even if Tiger wasn't there, would as many people watch? Hell no, not even close. But, you know, since we got to see it a couple of years, now I get it. Like it was really fun to watch all the parents and their kids run around, especially when to me, it's really fun. I think that's why we're like Nellie is the pro and like her parent isn't, like, I don't know. That was cool because like she's freaking number one in the world. And her dad is, right. is, you know, he's a stud, but her dad's her dad. And he gets to go be like a proud where it's like the, uh, you know, we all are so used to like John Daly being proud of his son and, Whatever. Now you're getting to see like the opposite where she's trying to carry him along and he's just like freaking out happy to be there. You need to just just win a major this year and then you can, uh, I don't know, take Scotty next year. <laughs> to make Scotty. Scotty yeah, I'm winning a major taking Joel Day, man. Joel, Joel, Joel Day. Uh, everybody have a safe uh, and uh, healthy and uh, all that holidays um, and a new year and all that good stuff. Max, I appreciate uh, the time. I hope you uh, you have a good rest of your December. I'm excited to watch you play a little G in January. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's this uh, little holiday gets you through the, the next day or two of, uh, of all this traveling and all that stuff. Thank you, Shane. Uh, thank you, everybody. It was nice to stop back in. Um, as we talked about yesterday, Shane, uh, maybe the sign-off to this podcast was the glue that was holding COVID together. Um, but please, for the love of God, wash your hands. Wash them. Wash them. Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.